Welcome to the SBS Tour de France Avic Zwift podcast. From plenty of first-hand experience, I know that Zwift makes indoor riding fun. And watching the Tour de France Femme Avic Zwift only adds to the fun. This is the first women's TDF in decades. So Zwift is calling on fans to watch the Femme and cheer on the women's peloton in action. And I'm pretty sure it'll inspire you to ride because the finish line, well, that's just the beginning. You could even watch the tour while riding on Zwift, joining a group ride, doing one of the workouts, or exploring some of the roads of France, like the Ventop Climb, Alpe de Zwift, or the Champs-Élysées. To dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com. Here's the SBS Tour de France Avic Zwift podcast. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log arrives with our friends at Zwift. Joining me straight on the finish line, and you can hear the noise, I guess, behind me. It's Gracie Elvin. How are you, Gracie? Bonjour, Christophe. Yep, literally just got out of the commentary box. What a great stage it was today. There's still riders actually finishing as we speak. Yeah, absolutely. How did you find uh, being in the commentary for so long? Oh, it was great. I, I love doing commentary, so I was really grateful to get the opportunity today, particularly on this stage. Uh, it was so much anticipation for this gravel stage today, so it was really cool to be able to call it with Bridie and Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, I know, I know you've, and we talk about it uh, in this podcast. Uh, you've done the Stradivari as well, so you know a lot, a lot more than me. For example, uh, for the gravel stage four today, we went from Troyes to Bar sur Aube. Uh, what a stage! And we knew on paper it would be fiery. Definitely, uh, I think it's much. It's, it's like a mini Strada Bianchi, so I think there was a lot of stress there around the gravel sectors, uh, a lot of stress going into them as well. But we were getting pictures before the stage started of what those gravel roads actually looked like, and we were all amazed. It's it wasn't gravel; it was rocks. That was some of the roughest gravel roads I've seen in racing. So I, I think that any team that did recon today had a big advantage over how they chose their tyres and tyre pressure, but also just the expectation around what it was really going to look like. I think a lot of riders that didn't do recon would have been quite shocked once they hit that first gravel sector at how rough it really was. So you, you, you're right in there, like re recon is always the key, but on a stage like today, it was even more important. And, and these choices, tell us about the, the, the choice of tyre, the choice of material and how significant that would have been for a stage like this one. Yeah, so mostly the, the teams are riding on, I don't know, 25 to 28 millimetre tyres in normal road stages. Depending on the rider weight, a lot of female riders are pretty lightweight, so their PSI isn't particularly high, but, you know, it's still around 90 to 100 PSI. For a day like today, they would have made sure it was a lot lower. Uh, you can hear the noise of the next peloton <laughs> coming through. Um, but yeah, they would have made sure the, the PSI was lower. A lot of the teams were on 32 millimeter tires today with, with thicker walls. So the bikes are going to be a little bit heavier. The rolling resistance is different. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to get a flat, it makes a big difference to your overall time, especially if you're a GC rider. And also having tires that are a bit better on the gravel is a bit safer as well because you don't want to be crashing either and I was happy to see that there weren't too many crashes today because that was also a big fear for some riders. Yeah absolutely so let's go back on, on the stage uh, itself so Bar sur Saône uh, it was 126.8 kilometers it's always quite interesting those punchy um, stages and we said it many times in this podcast but today it was very vibrant as a stage. It was it was beautiful it looked great on camera but the categorized climbs were pretty difficult today. 
I believe the the second one looked awesome because they were it was almost a straight shot up to the top and it, it made for a really good camera angle with the wineries but as a rider that's quite difficult when you can see the top right in front of you uh, it just feels like it takes forever to get there plenty of uncategorized climbs today too which made the stage really difficult so um, you know it wasn't just four or five climbs that they had to deal with it was more like seven or eight or even ten and there was some good launching pads for attacks for for the bunch today yeah absolutely and then of course a winner uh, that you know I think no one picked it in a in our uh, uh, tipping competition but it's not really a surprise to see her win no unfortunately no one tipped her um, She has been one of the strongest riders in the peloton this year, but she's not won a race. I don't think she's even made it onto the podium. She's in the SD Works team, and that team is stacked with top riders, and that makes it difficult for anyone to be able to win, to be able to lead a team like that. They race really dynamically in the way that they might not necessarily have one clear leader for a race. In this Tour de France fun, they've got two GC riders in Moulmin, Passio and Vollering. And so it was Marlon's job to really be looking after them, but also take a chance. And she took that chance with about 23k to go. The, the bunch was a lot smaller. She attacked at a great moment. She got away solo. People were trying to bridge across, but she's such a strong time trialist that it was a mistake by everyone else to give her the gap. I could see as she was attacking, the likes of Ellen van Dijk were thinking about going with it and they should have because that was the race over really yeah absolutely so Marlene Reusser is uh, is uh, the, the winner of that stage uh, today she was silver medalist I think in uh, in the Olympics so we shouldn't be surprised for the the actual performance of her today no not surprised at all this has been a long time coming for her watching her across the line she looked like almost a bit in disbelief and her post-race interview she was asked whether it was the plan today for her to attack and she said well it was the plan for all of us to attack and it could have been any one of my teammates that took the win like I did today but it was just that I was the one that didn't get brought back by the bunch uh, so she was being quite humble there but she's super strong so from a, a, a results Uh, angle, it's it's not surprising that she won in that particular fashion today. <laughs> yes, listen to uh, Marlene Rosser, the winner of stage four of the Tour de France Femme 2022. How amazing is that victory? Yeah, you tell me how amazing this is. I'm just... <laughs> We did it. I mean, uh, the team had the plan to make a hard race and to not let it come down to a an easy final so we just said we attack and one would go and then I was lucky it was me. The initial plan of the team was it to to game on you or it was for Ashley Mulman or Lotto Kopecky who won Strade Bianche? No I mean we have our GC leaders we always keep them in front and see that they, they are there but then uh, this team has uh, always uh, an aggressive and open race strategy so everybody in the team is allowed to do something or to win a stage if possible so yeah we all worked very well together we helped each other and we attacked and uh, i was really the lucky one to be the one that could go so i'm really grateful and really thankful for my team and teammates also this morning many riders were afraid about that stage how hard was it Yeah, I think here in this tour, every day is hard. At least for me, every day was hard. And uh, I think this stage suits uh, the kind of rider I am uh, with this gravel sec section. So it was hard, but it was not for me, was not harder than hard other stages. You are a European champion of the time trial, but this win, I guess, is the best. These things are difficult to say. I don't know. I, 
Yeah, it's for sure super good, but I, I would not uh, judge which one is the best. I enjoy it, it every time. So that was Marlin Rosser, winner of the stage. Uh, what other takeaway do we uh, take uh, away, <laughs> or do we, do we grab from from this stage? Um, the in terms of the general classification, Vos was really strong today. She was. I think she was a bit disappointed because she was hoping for the stage win, but she's still in yellow, so that's still a good win for her today. Um, she the, the overall general classification hasn't really changed. We didn't really want to see it change because of mechanicals or crashes today, and I guess that was a bit of a topic of conversation, much like the men's stage five over the cobbles in Roubaix, whether that kind of race should be included in a Tour de France. You need to be a complete rider to win a Tour de France, but maybe when you have the extra elements like that that are more dangerous, it's a bit of a question. And Annemiek van Vluten in her pre-race interviews pretty much said that she didn't believe that a stage like this should be included. Uh, she was fighting pretty hard. She's been coming back from illness. She did well today. I don't think any GC rider lost any time, which was really great to see. But uh, I think there'll be a bit of a question mark whether they'll include a stage like this again in the Tour de France Femme. What's your opinion? Trudej? Because uh, I'm going to be clear. I love it. I'm a spectator. I'm not a rider. I want to see this. I want to see more. I think it's fine to have a cobblestone stage at the, at the men's Tour de France and it's fine to have a, a gravel stage as well. It's what makes you uh, an overall winner. You know, you can do time trial, you can do mountain, you can be downhill. They take as many risks as they, they're taking here in downhill uh, on some of the big mountains that are coming up this week. Yeah, that's true. I think that you need to be a complete rider to win a tour. So it mostly, and especially because I'm a huge fan of the classics, I love these kind of races if they're a one-day race. But I do think it's a different consideration in a Tour de France. So... In some ways, I think it's great entertainment. Certainly from an exposure point of view, from a fan and coverage point of view, you get the most viewers on these stages. And, and that's an important element of the sport because sport is entertainment. That's how we get sponsors because of those numbers. But I really hate to see GC riders get pulled out of races because they crashed in, in a really tough stage. So, yeah, most, mostly on your side of the fence, but yeah. I've got maybe one toe on the other side of the fence. I mean, you, you rode uh, Strade Bianche, so you know wh what it is like. This wasn't Strade Bianche, okay? But what is it like to enter the, the first sector and a second sector and a third sector after one after the other? What, what is it like as a rider, the dust, like describe, describe that feeling and, and what you actually experience when you're in one of them. Oh, it's pretty wild. It's really fun, but it's not so fun if you're out the back. Um, it's a lot like the cobbled classics. It's as much about the, the sectors. It's as much about it getting to them first as it is riding through them. So it's, it's kind of a sprint and a lead out to the beginning of gravel sectors, much like the cobbles. And then you're adding that extra element of dust and we can see in those images today, some of the visibility the riders had was really limited and that makes it really difficult as well. You can't see in front of you, you can't see the, the rocks and potential potholes. So it's quite thrilling. It's You're pooping your pants a little bit. <laughs> well, what about the dust? Because I've asked Simon, I said, how do you breathe? He said, you just breathe and clean your lungs later. Yeah. Is that pretty much the attitude you need to have? Yeah, they're all going to be coughing up a bit of crap today from the road and they're going to have a lot of dirt in their eyes. So I think that they're going to be feeling the effects of today. When they have a shower tonight and at dinner time, it's uh, it's certainly a whole different experience. But it, it is cool. And I think if you get the opportunity as a rider to do something like this, 
regardless of how you feel, if it should be in the tour or not, you're still going to revel in it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And then in terms of the mechanics as well, are they cranky after a day like this because the, the material is damaged or there's been a problem with the material? What's the reaction of the mechanics? on, on, on Oh, yeah, mechanics are known to be cranky, so <laughs> they don't want to wash spikes even extra. I'm not sure what the, the dust is like, if it's like really silica-based or not, but it takes ages to actually clean dusty bikes even more so than muddy bikes. For some reason, they, it, the dust doesn't want to come off the frame. So yeah. I've, I've had mechanics in the past grumbling about it, but you know, it's it's all part of it. They, they get on with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that you said they're always cranky. <laughs> it's actually the reputation they kind yeah. of have, uh, yeah. uh, not being nasty or whatever. Um, what else can we say about the Aussies today? Well, I want to give a big shout out to Ruby Roseman Gannon. She was eight. She did very well. She did super well. It was a very technical stage, not just because of the gravel, but the, the, the nerves. The bunch was splitting up and coming back together so much. It was really aggressive. So she, she really kept her cool. She was in really good position for most of the day. Plus, it was physically a tough stage and a lot of climbs. So she's showing us that she's quite strong in the climbs as well. And she's been racing quite well all season. She's learning so much. This is her first pro season. But she's got a great head on her shoulders. And I think she's making the most of every opportunity. So that was really awesome. And, and also, yeah. Rachel Nalen was in that front group too. And she's not known for enjoying technical stages like this. And she was fighting really hard. She had a crash yesterday. She actually has stitches in her elbow. Yeah. So just from a confidence point of view, for her to be fighting so hard today, I think is uh, really impressive. Yeah, if we just uh, go back to uh, to Ruby as well, we were, we were discussing in the car on the way leading uh, here. She had a quite a nasty crash uh, not so long ago with a, a bit of a facial uh, injuries and so on. How much confidence she needed today to be able to just go full whack on a, on a, on such a difficult stage? You know, how do you park this back of your mind? That's a great question and I, I asked her that question uh, yesterday or, or two days ago because there have been so many crashes already in the Tour de France bum and I asked her, you did have such a bad crash in training about a month ago, how do you turn that mindset around and she just said, I actually don't think about it, I, uh, I just get on with it, I, I like riding my bike, I don't get too scared so for any juniors out there, unfortunately she's not going to give you much helpful advice because she just yeah. loves racing her bike and isn't too worried about it. Sorry to interrupt you because we've got uh, someone that is super mega in, important for our racing ah. uh, and why reason why we're here. Kate, you are the head of, of uh, female cycling or femme. Uh, you're yes. the reason why Zwift is so implied and Aww. involved in this racing. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> this is a dream. Uh, how, you, how are you enjoying this? We can't see on the podcast, but the smile is yeah. from ear to ear. It's crazy. Uh, it is so much fun. I knew that the women were going to bring the action and the personality, and we're seeing, you know, four stage winners now. Uh, you know, the the goat in the yellow jersey—it's everything you want in a tour. Yeah, yeah, and the crowd as well. Let's talk about the enjoyment of the crowd. Uh, what was that? Was was? Oh, is it still a bit of a surprise? No. <laughs> good, good answer. <laughs> yes, it's not a surprise because I think that this is just the perfect time. The audiences, the fans have been building for women's cycling because there's been so much more broadcast in the past two years, this year especially. So now, you know, it's it's all coming to head with the Tour de France Femme of Zwift where it's, you know, the buildup has been so incredible. And I love seeing all the towns come out. I, I heard uh, crazy viewership numbers and, you know, millions and millions watching around the world. 
So uh, yeah, it's a big success, and I'm just I'm so proud of of the women out here racing. The the action's incredible. A couple of days ago, we spoke with uh, Inga Thompson. She's oh. one, one of the originals, and she's brilliant. I love her braid. I uh, know yes. <laughs> the braid was incredible, yes. uh, but she talked a lot about the the rebirth of the tour yes. and how important and how now the the fam now needs to own this space. Yes. Uh, how important is it for Zwift and you as a sponsor as well to own that space as well? and make this something that it will last for years. Yes, absolutely. That's why we signed on as a four-year title sponsor, because we are in it for the long term, and we want to make sure that this is an incredibly successful race that grows year after year, where everybody is, is just so excited about you know the Tour de France Femme Vex Swift. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, all the sponsors involved uh, are so pleased with the outcome. I know that the, the women's racers are... You know, this is the world stage that they deserve. And uh, just the reaction by crowds and audiences has been spectacular. So if we just, you know, we, we keep watching and, you know, we keep telling everybody about it. And there's been so much great media coverage. These are all the keys to success. Yeah, absolutely. One last question is the important one. Yes. What is the animal you're giving away? Is it a oh, squirrel? It is a squirrel. It is you a squirrel. That was right. <laughs> see my earrings? Yes, uh, I, I wore special <laughs> earrings today. I see the nails as well. Yes, multicolors. yes, yes, yes. I went all in. You know, this is a big moment. So <laughs> So Scotty the Squirrel is our original mascot in Zwift. He's been with us since the beginning. He used to pop up on screen in Zwift. You know, Zwift is a video game. And he would pop up on screen and give you little tips and tricks because he's a very, very helpful squirrel. Yeah. So uh, we had to bring him to the tour. Yeah, absolutely. He's very happy to be here. Yes, and he's, he's wearing a casquette. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, watch the femme, because yeah. that's all we can all do is just tune in and, and pay attention to the, the greatest racing in the world. Absolutely. Thank you for popping in. Yes. Uh, you re literally popped in. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Well, that was fun. <laughs> that was awesome. She is a ball and the of energy. And the colors are beautiful. Uh, what a breath of fresh air. <laughs> she always energizes me whenever I see her. She has been one of the main people spearheading Zwift involvement in making this race even bigger than what it was going to be. So big thanks to Kate Morano yeah. <laughs> and Zwift. Yeah. Um, let's go back to just the racing and on the stage today. Just to conclude, uh, other Aussies, Grace Brown. Can we have a quick chat about Grace Brown? Super happy yesterday. She's won. Uh, she she was part of the winning team uh, on, on stage three. She seems to, you know, we said she was in a career best form before coming here. She's not catching the right breaks at the minute. She's not at the forefront. I would have expected her to be a lot closer to the front today than she was. Is it just luck? Yeah, we had big expectations for her today, and I know she earmarked this stage for herself. So. It's all about timing and I think that there was just a few moments today that she was just on the back foot and sometimes if you've got good legs but you've been caught behind in a group that doesn't want to work with you, then you're just never going to get back to the front. Yeah, so I'm not counting her out for other stages. That's just a bit of bad luck today. But at least she hasn't crashed or been part of anything that's a bit more unfortunate. So I think she'll be bounce back and the team morale is super high as we saw last night. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let's concentrate on the next stage of uh, the Tour de France stage five by the way we have a long drive tonight Gracie because uh, we are moving a little bit across uh, the, the country uh, stage five we are going to Saint-Dié-des-Vosges uh, from Bar-le-Duc Bar um, the Vosges is such a beautiful area of France we are heading towards La Planche des Belles-Filles we know we're going to see pine trees fresh air what can we make of that stage look these stages are just getting harder and harder there's more climbing to come I think that they've written the narrative of this tour with uh, you know, a couple of sprint stages to open up, 
slightly hillier stages in the middle. There's no huge climbs tomorrow, but I think it's just going to be twisting and turning all day, possible crosswinds again, um, and a good day for the breakaway too. And it's another stage with ha which has a, a bonification right near the finish, and that just adds an extra element of interest for the riders that are very close on GC. There's extra time bonuses up for grabs in in an intermediate sprint that's not classified as an intermediate mm -hmm. sprint it's the bonus sprint right before the finish so I think that that's also an interesting element to the race but I don't know I think there's a few teams that have already missed out so far SD Works finally got their result today but there's a couple of teams that also want to get a result here so I think that it's only going to get more and more pressure for these breakaways to form earlier in the races. How much would you want to see one of the so-called smaller teams, you know, the Saint-Michel uh, kind of pilot, the, just the lower-ranked team, to be able to bag a win at this tour? Just, maybe just one. Ah, it would be brilliant. <laughs> I, I think the chances are low, but it, there's, of course they have a chance and they, they took a really great initiative today with the Saint-Michel rider, uh, Coralie DeMay. She did yeah. really well and she was the last rider to be caught by the, the chasing peloton. So I think that there's some good things to come out of some of these small teams and they're taking their chances where they can. And that's why those breakaways earlier in the stages are so important to get their jerseys out there. And I've actually not heard of that team before and they're at the Tour de France Femme. So yeah. it's really cool. Even they make as really nice cakes. Uh, Saint Michel <laughs> is a little industrial bakery, but they make nice madeleines. Oh, well, there you go. I yeah. might have to try one. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're very good. Okay, so but we are going towards the the the, the Vosges and the, the this is this is this is getting a bit mountainous, but we know there's the big one coming. How far can Marianne Vos keep it? That yellow jersey. She's still the leader today. Uh, she's she's looking good at the minute. She's looking uh, incisive. Can she? You know, can, can we have the battle royal on the last day? Could this be where it will all happen? Well, the second last day is also very difficult. So I'm going to see... Uh, we were all expecting Annemiek van Vluten to blow it all apart in the last two days, but she's she, been yeah. having a really rough time. So I don't know if she'll be able to recover and, and be the classic Annemiek riding away from everyone on the hilly stages. But there's still plenty of other great climbers in this race, particularly the SD Works team with that combination of Mormon Passio and Demi Vollering. They're going to make the hillier stages super tough. And I don't think that Mariana Voss, as well as she can still climb she's just not at that level anymore with the the more specialist climbers but I think she's going to do everything she can when I asked her in the interview yesterday whether she wanted to keep the jersey for as long as possible she kind of just laughed and was like of course <laughs> you know me I love like, winning <laughs> what question is this <laughs> yeah, so we'll see her in the jersey for a few more days yeah that's good thank you for joining us Gracie Thank you, Christophe. This was the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now. Thanks for listening to the SBS Tour de France Avic Zwift Podcast. I hope you're having as much fun as I am watching the Tour de France film Avic Zwift. As the finish line is just the beginning, the next step for me is to get ready for the Australian summer. So I'm going to keep fit and keep it fun on Zwift. A fun way to train is to join one of the group rides, hop in with a pace partner or an ad hoc bunchie and take on some of the great courses. My favourites are Ventop, Alpe de Zwift, the RGV course in France and the Japan-inspired Mercury Islands. And if, like me, you've been inspired by the women at the TDFFAZ, dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial by simply heading to Zwift.com. Ride on.